Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Today we have one of our Halloween episodes, since it's October and spooky season. So we are covering Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, um, just the first book, and I'm here with Jenny. Hi. These books, I feel like, are just iconic from childhood. Oh my gosh, yes. And everyone remembers them, and everyone was terrified by the illustration. They're so good. They're so good. Uh, There's no comparison. Stephen Gamble, right? Yes. Stephen Gamble. His illustrations, as opposed to now the other illustrator, was the same person that did the Lemony Snicket series. Is that correct? Yes. Brent Helquist. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, he he didn't. No. There's a lot of controversy about them changing the illustrations, I think, because they are just so iconic in the minds of children who grew up with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, where the first time you really felt like an overall sense of fear was looking at these illustrations because they are terrifying. They really are. Like, even still, looking at these illustrations... Um, the haunted house and the illustration of the haunt. Come on now, like yeah. I will absolutely forever. This is brain burned in my brain. Mine forever. too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Terrifying. And then Alvin Schwartz is the one who wrote the book and compiled all of the stories. Mm-hmm. So all the stories are based on folklore and reoccurring tales that are told throughout society and have some go back to like the 1700s, 1800s, where they're just repeated folklore tales. Right. Um, And he did other works that were based on folklore as well. But I feel like these are the most notable that Mm -hmm. everyone remembers and knows him from. For sure. These and um, In a Dark, Dark Room. Yeah. Because that was the other book that everyone read as a kid. So good. Yeah, Alvin Schwartz, um, he had died in Princeton, New Jersey in 1992, and he had a master's degree in journalism and worked for the Binghamton Press for a while, mm. and then he also served in the Navy. Oh, cool. So, okay. he was an interesting person. And then Stephen Gamble, as you mentioned, did the illustrations, and he was a self-taught artist. Knocked it Or out is of a the, self-taught artist. Knocked it out of the park. Yeah, as, he's still alive, yes? Yes, as far as I can tell, he is still alive. And in the description of his work, it says that he used texture to capture fear with a lot of murky, indistinct images, like fog, veins, insect-like creatures. Yeah. And you can really see that come through when you're looking like through. Like the roots and like the hair. And it to me, it looks as though they were done with ink or watercolor and then I have done a technique where you use like a straw when the paint is still wet and try and like to splatter the paint Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if he used a technique similar to that I'm not sure they do have a watercolor quality to them yeah absolutely I'm not 100% sure what medium he works in And what I found interesting as reading them as an adult is all of the context that the book actually gives. So in the foreword, it discusses a brief history of scary storytelling with a paragraph on page two 
that reads telling scary stories is something people have done for thousands of years. For most of us, like being scared in that way. Since there isn't any danger, we think it is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really see with the booming like haunted house industry and Absolutely. horror yeah. movie industry and everything that has kind of seems now, just growing and growing. Now I, I, I wonder too if like kids now because everything is so saturated and they see so much like are these stories bogus to them now? Yes, I use the I, word I, bogus. <laughs> I'm dating myself, it's fine. I don't know. I don't know. Because I I have read them, and they kind of... Some of them are scared, some of them are kind of like, all right, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, but I don't know. It's... I I will say, I I distinctly remember reading these in bed with my cousin during sleepovers, and literally sweating. I was so scared. Inconsolable. But I, I had to hear them. Mm-hmm. So we every time we would have a sleepover, I had to, this is what we read. And I would, oh, yeah. My favorite memory is in, I believe it was fifth grade, mm-hmm. which is probably very illegal to do. One of the teachers at my school had photocopied a bunch of stories out. And oh, we yeah. each got to go and pick like one or two of them uh-huh. to take with us for like the Halloween activity. Uh-huh. And then we got to read them. Nice. And yeah, they they frown upon. Yes. Yeah, they don't like that. No, she's, but that's my she's memory. She's doing of it. her best. Yeah. She's doing her best. <laughs> yes. And I just distinctly remember I got high beams. The story, <gasps> and that's the one that I chose as a fifth grade, <laughs> and it scared me forever. Um, so high beams is the story of a girl driving along in her car at night, and a truck behind her keeps flashing his high beams. And it turns out that there is a man trying to kill her in the back seat. And I feel like my entire life was changed by reading that story. I will say, as an adult now, I still check the back seat. Every single time. Every single time. And if I go to a store at night, I'm most certainly parking under a street lamp or light of some sort. But I was talking to you before. Mm -hmm. I thought there this was mentioned in a movie i feel like this was a scene in a movie and i can't remember i thought it was jeeper creepers but i'm not entirely sure so if anyone knows um what movie um the story was featured in leave a comment or if there's multiple let us yeah, there know. may be multiple i mean because i guess it's probably a fairly common scary story yeah. it is terrifying because but. i think it goes back to like the safety aspect of it yeah like yeah being unsafe mm. and not knowing what's happening and i feel like i don't know if it's a, a scream oh <laughs> i think i don't know why do no, i feel like it was scream Mm. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, I just had a moment. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's that kind of experience, especially if you have like a small car. I have a small car. Yes, you do. So when trucks are behind me, every light kind of looks like Mm -hmm. high beams because it's at that perfect level. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's something that is a common experience and then goes back to safety and occasionally like facebook stories and things will go around of being like make sure you check this because yes people are doing this to try to kill you and it's very much in that same strain yes it is 
Yes, it is. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't even think of that. There's always like some kind of crazy uh, Facebook post about, and, and they are not all crazy. I mean, they <laughs> are. Some of them are absolutely legit. But I could see where it kind of falls. You know. Yeah, so. it, and in the um, end where he's talking like his footnotes, he talks about how most of the real life stories in this book such as high beams and the babysitter calls yeah which is the one where the like calls coming from inside the house that is scream <laughs> that is most definitely scream yeah. yes i think he also said uh when a stranger calls i that is absolutely like the whole it, it, it is scream, scream. <laughs> yeah. yes alvin yes good job it, but he states that a lot of, they're in this chapter called Belief Legends, and a lot of them are the same incidents that are reported again and again at locations in different parts of the country, and it is never possible to trace these stories to the actual participants. The closest one usually comes is a report from somebody who knew someone who knew those involved. <laughs> and then further on the page, this is page 96. Oh, okay. Um, he goes, most of these stories are expressions of the anxiety people have about certain aspects of their lives. They evolve from incidents and rumors that reinforce these fears and around which stories are constructed. Mm -hmm. Which you can really see. Yeah. Like, home invasion is terrifying. And yeah. Especially if you're not in your own home and you're babysitting somebody else's mm -mm. children. I, I know I've I said it before, but the haunted house one... I, my husband and I, we have an old, old home. Um, uh, it was built in the late 1800s. So I always think about, oh gosh, you know, what's, was that shadow actually my cat or was it a demon coming to get me? I don't know. Yeah, my, my house is quite old. I believe it was built in the early 1900s. Mm -hmm. I knew the exact date at one point, but yeah. We know, well, one of my childhood friends, her family is the one that built the house, and then her, like, great really? aunt lived there. Oh, that's cool. But then her great uncle died there, and I yeah. found the newspaper article about it. So every once in a while, I'm like, yeah. I wonder. I think that we are the third family to live in my house. And, I mean, the previous family, I mean, they were there for 90 years. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was most definitely the homestead. So I'm sure I have some. I do find myself, and this may um, be a little strange, but if I'm doing certain things and I have this feeling that I am not alone, um, one time in particular, I remember I was baking something or making, cooking, and I just felt this weird presence, and um, I legit spoke to the previous owner. Okay, if you don't like this, fine, but like this is what I'm making, and this <laughs> <laughs> so get over it and move on. But yeah, yeah. For some reason, how like that comes out in me is anytime I like sneeze and it's like two a.m., I have to say bless you to myself. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> I feel like some just random voice is just going to tell me bless you one day and it's going to scare me. <laughs> yeah. From under your bed. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> or, or just like blame stuff on the cats. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. Like, uh, if there's an odd noise, it's the cat. It, it's the cat, yeah. <laughs> oh, I always blame everything on my cats, man. They're into everything. But if you want to see a ghost, he has some fun tips in the appendix as well. <laughs> what? I yes. missed this. In on page 93, if you wish to see or hear a ghost, there are some recommended approaches. Look back over your left shoulder. Mm-mm. Look through either one of a mule's ears. Mm-mm. Look in a mirror with another person. Arrange six pure white dinner plates around a table, then go to a cemetery at noon and call the name of someone you once knew who was buried there. Oh, this sucks. So. <laughs> I have six pure white. <laughs> I do. Carvel. Lovely. Yeah. Um, the mule? What? I don't know. You can go on the coal mine tour. They have that, like, taxidermied mule pulling the car. We so. have the, the book mule mule. Um, mule on uh, oh, yeah, the front of yeah. <gasps> I may test this. Is the, is the squirrel still living in that? Yes, yeah. yes. There is um, an impressive nest. It's probably can be considered a condominium at this point <laughs> because <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. So if you plan on trying the mule method and you tried to use the children's one, please be aware that there are squirrels. Still. Yes, yes, yeah. Beware of angry mother squirrels. And then right after that, he says, if you encounter a ghost, it is advised that you speak to it. If you do so, you may be able to help it finish whatever it is doing and return it to its grave. Okay, I I can, like, I'm a helper, so I I can... Yeah, I don't see myself purposely trying. No, and like the whole Ouija board thing, I was always, eh, yeah, I'm good. I I think I'll pass. Um, I just think, like, I I don't want to make a spirit mad, and then I have a poltergeist situation on my hands, and and, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. No, not signing up for that. No, and even if it's like not real or anything, I don't want to do anything that might like cause it to be real in my mind <laughs> yes absolutely manifested yeah yeah hard pass <laughs> another illustration that i think always stuck in my head is the one for the thing what page 23 yep absolutely i also want to briefly talk about um the girl who stood on a grave what page because is that, that is on page 41 and that is a story of somebody who's dared to go to a grave and then is told to stick the knife in the ground. Oh, and yeah. it's in- okay, yeah. so I am actually listening to this. I was just at that part, and uh, the narrator is so good, and I was really into it, but then I, you know, I had to quit. But go ahead, I'm sorry. No, you're, I feel like this is just such a classic mm-hmm. story. And yeah. I feel like remember seeing it in television shows and things when I was a child. Yeah. Where it was always just like, go spend the night in the graveyard. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Not going to do it. I'd rather not. Now, in terms of illustrations, this one sticks with me. Yes. They really are so chilling. Yeah. It's like something's slightly off in every single one. Yeah. And the distortion of them. And they're just so... I really, you, you just can't, I can't say enough about these beautiful yet terrifying um, depictions of terror. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's the movie now, which I haven't watched the movie, but... I haven't either, and I, I kind of... Uh, I'm on the fence, because am I going to watch it? And then if they mess it up, I just don't... I want to stick with what I know, what it will forever be, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I might have to, though. Just curiosity. I feel like even the illustrations for the ones that should be that are supposed to be like more humorous, yeah, are also just equally terrible. They really are. Like it, that mule. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still super scary. Most definitely. Yeah, and the one for Aaron Kelly's bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Definitely. That that one is so good. Mm-hmm. I like the smile, man. It's just so. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely things that I had nightmares about when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it, I, I would like to hear more from other um, fans of these books. Um, what story really, really set you over the edge yeah. <laughs> when you were younger? Like, which one was? Okay, yeah. Um, and I feel like some of these, especially in the belief legend or no in the other dangers mm -hmm. with like the hook where yeah. the teens are in the car and the escaped prisoner leaves his hook hand prosthetic on the door and that was in another movie too okay i know i'm not i i'm not making this up if someone know that definitely sounds like a movie that i've seen and then the white satin gown where the girl goes and gets a secondhand dress and it turns out that she gets poisoned from it having embalming fluid And now it. I have to tell you, I am a firm believer in secondhand clothing. Um, I am a thrifty girl and most of my apparel is thrifted. <laughs> so now I have forgotten about this story. I'm now I'm wondering, okay, well, when will be the day? I'm kidding. That's not something to kid about, but... <laughs> I feel like if you just wash it, you're fine. Well, yeah. yeah. But I feel like all of them were on... Do you remember the show um, Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction? It was on Sci-Fi Channel, and they presented three stories. So. And, then, and then you had to guess which yeah. one was... Uh, yes! yes! Yes, I, I feel like this. these were all stories that they did. They most definitely were. Although the one that sticks out in my head from that show is they did one on the seven years of bad luck for breaking a mirror. Yeah. I don't remember if it was true or false, but I, I just I that whole story. <laughs> I wonder if we could find those. Oh my gosh, I'm totally going to watch them. Mm. Yeah, and the gentleman from that became a meme for a bit oh, online yeah. recently yes. um, where he's just like, and it was false. <laughs> and that was true. And it's just like a whole video of him saying that it. things were false. I love it. Were you a fan of, and this might be a little bit older than you, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Nickelodeon's Are You Afraid of the Dark? So I have a complex relationship with Are You Afraid of the Dark? Do you? Because I was too scared to watch it as a kid. I'm <laughs> so. telling you, yes, I can stand behind that statement. Oh, like the, <laughs> the intro would come on, the, and the, I would get uh, so scared that my mom would have to turn it off. Absolutely. Or I would have to turn it off. Yes. Yes, that is absolutely true. And then Goosebumps. Yes. There were, there was a series. Mm -hmm. of that. Do, do, do. Nope. Yeah. 
that that always did it for me recently in um i think it's a few years ago now i went up to be in one of my friend's weddings Mm -hmm. and in the hotel we were staying in there was a dog with sunglasses that looked exactly like the goosebumps dog so we just referenced it the entire time (laughs) i always think of goosebumps when i'm like reaching underneath my sink for a new sponge Mm -hmm. It gets me every yes, time. I mentioned this on the episode for children's Halloween programs I did with Angela. Oh, yeah, yeah. But one of my vivid childhood nightmares was from the Return of the Mummy book where he's, like, coming out of the sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, yeah. that image gave me nightmares as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I just... It wasn't even, like, anything happened in the dream. It was, like, just that image. Yeah. And that's all I... I had a reoccurring nightmare when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> my brother and I were huge Simpsons fans. Mm-hmm. And of course, you would watch the Halloween special every yeah. I had this reoccurring nightmare of Groundskeeper Willie chasing me around the house. And it was so vivid. And I don't, like, for years. <clears throat> I haven't had it in a while, but that's, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting how all of these things stick with us. Yeah. And then another one of Alvin Schwartz's book in A Dark, Dark Room, we were discussing the green ribbon story. So iconic. And that's the story of the girl who has a green ribbon and she gets married and tells her husband, you can't take this off (laughs) until I say. And then eventually gets to the point where she's like, okay. And he takes off the ribbon and her head falls off. I always read that one when I was working in children's and for our Halloween parties. Um, if we had to do some kind of like scary stories, that one was always at the top of the list because, yeah, that one's a fun one. To it's read just, it's so iconic in so pop culture and media. Yeah. You now it's, you slowly see people as like they're getting older it's popping up more and more in terms of social media and yeah. like now you just said that there's a, there's a backstory to that like there's some history behind that story yes i briefly read that i guess the green ribbon is a reference to this fashion trend that went around after the first french revolution okay. with rotier and where everyone was beheaded and killed depending on Mm -hmm. what they believed in political prisoners and that whole mess um but after that it became this almost it was a a fashion trend (laughs) where people would wear red ribbons around to symbolize being beheaded and it was like a social reaction to everything that happened and that's kind of where the origin of the green ribbon story started yeah. I don't know how it evolved into what it became right today. But yeah. I also find it interesting that Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out in the nineteen eighties and it's still going strong. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when I was working in children's I will say that there were some kids that they would still ask for this they, and I would gladly give it to them. Though reading it as an adult um, there were some parts that I kind of did a, oh man, did they, did they really yeah. put that in there? <laughs> and I also found it interesting, 
I learned that according to the American Library Association, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was one of the most challenged books Absolutely. of the 1990s. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And it is. It has a firm spot on that band list. Yes. For sure. Yeah, it does. And it was mostly due to scary and graphic content. Oh, it's so graphic. Which, like, understandable. Uh, you know, the big toe, <laughs> the, the family sitting around the table, um... <laughs> Eating a delicious morsel of the toe. Cannibalism. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. And then in the one part... See, I always come back to this one, the haunted house. You know, in the end... Well, I'm going to ruin it. Here's a spoiler alert. The one, uh, At the end, um, they find the killer of the woman at the haunt. And they just... And he was hung. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's just, you yep. know, just so you know, he was hung, and that was it. And then it just goes on, like, whatever. Yeah, I feel like one thing about these stories is it very much introduces a lot of concepts. Yes. That yeah. you have to be the right age to yeah. understand. And if it's I mean, I, I was like six, yeah. seven. Listening in these stories, and like I said, like a sweating man. This was, and I'm, I'm most definitely certain there were a lot of things that, um, in this book that I had no idea what my cousin was talking about or what she was reading. <laughs> but nonetheless, I was scared. Yeah, yeah. So they're worth reading again if you're an adult Absolutely. because I feel like you get so much more out of it, and then you get much more of the context for them from the back of the book. Because when you're a kid, you're not reading the back of the book where that explains the historical significance and where the origins of each one comes from. Right, right. Definitely. And, I mean, reading them aloud, you know, if you do want to share it with your children, um, (laughs) I really do think, like, you, you have to really get into it. And at the beginning of each section, it kind of um, gives you kind of some direction how to read each story, like the jump stories. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, love it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I love that reaction. Yeah, mm-hmm. I find it interesting that they start with jump scare stories. Uh-huh. Let's go, go right into it. Yeah. Let's, just, <laughs> let's just, you know, rip off the band-aid. Well, thank you for discussing yes. Scary Stories in the Dark and a variety of children's Halloween horror media. Yes, absolutely. Well. Thank you so much. Now, one question I do have for yes. you, and the new editions of the book, mm-hmm. did they change anything, like, um, text-wise? Was Not it re- that I could written? find. Okay. It's so just, they're still like verbatim what whatever. As he far has. as I'm aware. Mm, it's okay. just new illustrations. New illustrations. Well, if you have any comments, suggestions, you know which movies any of these stories are referenced in. <laughs> and please or ease my mind. Else, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or want to share your memories of scary stories to tell in the dark, please email me at aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Or you can feel free to call the library at 570-348-3000. Thank you. Thanks, guys.